You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White, and Blue. My name is Oz Davis. I am the co-host of this show, and the other co-host of this show is from Wisconsin, Joe Pritchard. Joe, how's it going today? 3-0 in fantasy. <laughs> Don't ask me about my pick, I'm about 3-0 in fantasy. And 3-0 in Canada slash real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I uh, I've, you know, it figures that this is the year that I'm not committing to pick them because I'd be 10 and 2 right now. And the only reason why I'd be 10 and 2 is because I picked with my heart in the Montreal Calgary game and I went with intuition in the Ottawa Winnipeg game. So if 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 I'll tell you what if I were betting real money I'd be 12 and 0. I'm I'm almost as hot in real betting. My streak continues sort of I'll talk about that later in the show because that's all about the Calgary-Saskatchewan game. But um, other than that, hey, do you want to just talk last week's games? Let's just get into it. Yeah, sure. I'd love to talk this first game from last week. Yeah, Madra Alouette's the floor is yours. Hey, all right. Well, just for a little bit because, you know, small sample size and all that, right, Joe? Give me some more data points, right, Joe? Mm-hmm. So I won't get too out of hand, but Montreal Alouette's 37, Saskatchewan Rough Riders 13. Uh, we've been talking on this show a little bit in the early going about Saskatchewan, just not putting the foot on the throat, uh, not finishing them off. Well, they didn't even get a chance in this game. Uh, Montreal led wire to wire. The Literally from the opening yeah. kickoff. Yeah, the awesomeness started on the opening kickoff. Chandler Worthy, who had just a career game, Ran back the opening kickoff, setting up that million dollar draw with the uh, grocery grocery draw that they do on TSN. Unfortunately, that didn't pay off again this time. But you know, it started from there, and uh, Cote ended up with oh, I don't have those numbers in front of me, but quite a few yards. If you had him on fantasy, um, I think I'm going to have him on fantasy this week. I was thinking about that last week, how you know, a special team should be accounted for. And then, duh, I looked at the rules and they are accounted for. They're just accounted for in offensive players, which I think, I don't know. I I, I wanted to um, throw in this wrinkle for Canadian DS, uh, Canadian, you know, daily fantasy DFS, because there's only seven players. So I, w- I was kind of thinking maybe special teams should be a player. Like or, you, to, or lump them in with the defense and make it even harder to pick a defense. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, come on. It'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, this is some strange new definition of the word fun, of which I was previously unaware. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, special teams from Montreal worked out really well. The penalty bugaboo worked out really well. We weren't bothered by penalties. But what really struck me about this game is, wow. What a nice offense. Now, I, I don't want to say I'm sold on Trevor Harris as our quarterback yet, but gee, maybe we don't need a gunslinger. I mean, 
just look at what Eugene Lewis is able to do for this offense. He's basically, despite a week of, of outstanding receiver performances, which was something we hadn't seen yet this year. So a lot of nice performances across the board. Eugene Lewis is really looking like the best receiver in the game uh, this year. And uh, he only had the four receptions, but just what he can do for this offense. And we don't even have William Stanback. You know, Cameron Artis Payne is somewhere in the twilight zone, but just thinking about what those two did uh, at the end of the season last season, you know, why Nicky missed this game from injury? The game before, he didn't have a single reception. Um, you know, it's just, wow, when we get our runners back, and, and Wynicki is back for this week. Um, we just signed a runner as well, Fletcher, but he only had four touches this whole game, two catches, two runs for something like total of about 30 yards, I think, 30, 40 yards, somewhere in there. Um, so, wow, when this, when we get our running game back, this is going to be a heck of an offense, isn't it? It's got the potential to be. There's there's a ton of skill player talent there. Yeah. And Trevor Harris is good at moving the football. Yeah. Uh, scoring with it. That's been uh, something we've talked about for like five years now when it comes to Trevor Harris. So, but it seemed to work this week. I, I, just a note of caution though. And I mean, nothing to, nothing to try to, I'm trying not to like burst your bubble or anything. Dampen the mood. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I'm trying not to, um, but the writers were on short rest and, that does happen from time to time in this league with when you play Saturday and then the late game Saturday, even, and then have to turn around and, play and go across country and play Thursday. That, that, that might just be a schedule loss. So uh, it, to, to take the Saskatchewan perspective, and I'm not known to be a Saskatchewan apologist by any <laughs> means, but that might just be one where you chalk it up to the short week, know that you're going to lose a game or two every year on that toss the film out and come back next week. Well, like they say, an L is an L, right? But again, the Owls put up 37 points. Now, regardless of the rider situation, everything worked for the Owls. I speculated before the and and remember, going into this game, the Alouettes were like a four-point underdog. You know, they were not even expected to win this game, much less win by three and a half touchdowns. Um... Uh, the, I speculated before the game that if the Owls won, that you said before the game that this would be a short week thing. Uh, I speculated before the game that I was going to look at the defense, especially the secondary. Now, the Owls did have three picks. We had eight sacks. Mm-hmm. Enough so that Fajardo was pulled in that fourth quarter. for Basically uh, just to save his, save his life at that well, point. Yeah. yeah, at that point. And, and, you know, you can't, and you can't hang this game on Cody at all. I mean, he oh, had no. no chance. Oh, no. No, I just thought everything was firing for the, for the Owls this week. I thought, you know, yep. the, the game plan worked. I mean, even when they threw Fine in there, Fine wins, I believe, seven of nine. So it was a situation where, you know, we hadn't game planned for this quarterback. But still, we even got a pick off of him. And, right. as and, then, stop- and then by that point, you're playing soft zone and trying right. just not to get burned. So, right. The short completions are going to be there at that point in the game. Yeah, just playing a little prevent defense there at the end. Now, now Duke Williams was pretty unstoppable, four catches for 101 yards. But other than that, I mean, I, I just liked how everything came together. I mean, I don't think that we can win every game by 23 points, 
But geez, I mean, with this offense, we could put up 30 points a game. No, it's a good, it's a good, it's, it's good to know that that's there for you. Yeah. That you have the potential to do that in the right situation. In this case, I would have been a lot more worried for the Owls if they had not been able to do something like that in this scenario. Well, you certainly weren't expecting the. I wasn't expecting 37. I wasn't expecting a blowout. I wasn't expecting 37 points, but I thought it'd be a competitive game anyway. Um, And they've been playing competitive games. It's just in this case, they got a scenario that worked out very well for them and they took full advantage. Yeah. And David Cote, five of five after missing a little chip shot last week. So good for him. All right. Moving on to Winnipeg Blue Bombers, 26, Hamilton Tiger Cats, 12. Now, I do want to dampen the hopes of Ticats fans before talking about the Bombers. So, wow. Okay. It's early. The Tiger Cats have done this before in recent memory. You know, slow start. East is weak. You know, they can come back. They still have plenty of time to win this division. But wow. Wow. It's hard to find something positive to say about Hamilton at this point, three games into the season, right? I mean, okay, in this game, the defense did manage four sacks. Uh, The Bombers offensive line is not quite up to par of the last couple seasons. But again, just one interception. Now, all season, that makes five sacks on the season and two picks on the year. This is Hamilton, folks. Um, They really couldn't stop the passing game. I mean, to be honest, I mean, yeah, sure. They had the one interception, but that was it. Meanwhile, on the other side, you know, here's Dane Evans, 42 attempts, two interceptions and not a touchdown. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, towards the end of the game, Erlington was their main threat. And, you know, he ended up with five catches, six runs, but Jesus, 58 total yards. Woof. And then and then the bizarre thing is just looking at the um, stats, you know, I knew Evans was pretty wild for long stretches of this game. But Jesus, Dunbar had 15 targets and six catches. Is anything going right for the Tiger Cats and what are they doing going forward? Well, it's pretty clear nothing's going right for them. I don't know if I've said this out loud to you yet. But this team's really given me some vibes. Uh, remember back when the Houston had the Oilers instead of the Texans? <laughs> sure. Remember when they had Warren Moon and Cody Carlson? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not making direct comparisons here, but veteran quarterback gets pushed out the door because they're making changes. And in this case, you have to you, they had to pick one because the money and basically that was a situation back then too with the advent of the nfl salary cap making them choose but they chose the younger guy they chose the guy that had been capable coming off the bench for for years on end and had been start and had a decent amount of starting experience got rid of the veteran and then kablooey yeah. Like I said, not a direct comparison because Moon Mazzoli, I mean, not quite, but get the idea. The veteran quarterback leaves the younger understudy type, the one that's 
basically 1B for the last two or three years is all of a sudden now 1A, and it doesn't go well. Who did they go with? Dan Pastorini? <laughs> no, we're talking about Cody Carlson. 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 Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and I've had wow. that in my head <laughs> since like February. It's like, okay, so they've made their choice on this. Is it going to work out this way? And for some reason, that scenario is stuck in my head since February. And so far, it's playing out. See, I feel like they're kind of like the Oilers in another way, but they're more akin to the New Orleans Saints of the past few years. Because, look, you talk about these teams and they have a window, right? Well, sometimes, I mean, look, the Tiger Cats were in the Grey Cup. It was the culmination of everything they had done last year, and they lost in overtime. Okay, maybe that's the peak of this run. You know, when you get the window of opportunity, sometimes, like if you're the Utah Jazz, you make it to the championship, but you face a powerhouse and you lose. That's as high as your peak in this run gets. It was the same thing with the Oilers. The Oilers were awesome in the regular season, but then they had to face the Steelers in the championship game every year. And they just got smoked. You know, sometimes they'd play them tight, but they'd lose, you know, and that was the peak. And I just feel like, you know, it's just these kind of things happen in sports. And it was like the Tiger Cats had their opportunities these past few years. And it's just like, that's it. Maybe it'll be a cup. Maybe it'll be a couple of years before they get back to that. Yeah. Yeah. These things in the CFL go a lot more, but they do still have these peaks and valleys. I mean, you know, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago on the anniversary, you know, the, the recap of the last seven years thing, look at what the writers have done, you know, peak trough, peak trough, you know, it's like, this happens. They get to the top of that run in the Riders' case, they were in the Eastern conference finals and they lost by a couple of plays. That was pretty much like as high as they got. That was, And they've been in the West final the past right. couple of years and they've had opportunities to right. win both games. Right. Sometimes you just don't get all the way through, man, at the peak of your thing. So I don't know what the Ticats do going forward. I can't imagine they'll be this bad all season, but woof. Um, okay. Kind of a strange question, uh, considering that the Bombers let up no touchdowns on offense or defense. <laughs> um, and they won. They're 3-0, and the defending champs. But is there some concern? Again, I asked this last week. Is there some concern that this offense just doesn't seem to be high-powered? I mean, a little bit. But you scored 19 points on offense three straight weeks, and... Yeah, because one of them was Against Eastern the 20, teams. The twenty six came from a pick, a pick six from Willie. So nineteen, 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 basically from as and far the as the offense is concerned. Yeah. yeah, you want you want the offense to have a breakout game to show that they can do it. You don't want to rely on the defense to hold the opposing team to twelve points every game. I mean, they might be capable of it. It seems like it but you don't really want to rely on it when the chips are down. You want your offense to be able to pitch in too. And there's going to be peaks and valleys in the season with the defense too. They're yeah. going to, they're not going to, again, they're not going to give up 12 points every game. There's going to be games where they give up 25. You just hope you have the offense to that decide to score 28 that day. Right. 
they get Toronto next week. Who made this schedule <laughs> for the Bombers, man? It was Who- very, it's very heavily east-west east. for the first two months. And then after that, it's basically divisional. I kind of don't like that uh, because the East has come out the gate slow and they yeah. will not get a chance to make up, make, make that up anymore. Right. They're going to be behind the West again this year. We're going to be talking about how, you know, how the West is, how the West is better than the East and always has been, always will be. We're going to have that discussion again, but if the Western teams got out the gate faster, they're going to, they're going to start exchanging wins and losses with each other. Their records yep. are going to be higher. The Eastern teams are going to come into their, to their round Robin based, you know, two and two and four, one and five, and they'll exchange wins left and right. But then at the end of the year, the East team is going to have 10 wins and the Western team is going to have 14 wins at the top. Well, and yeah, that's but- all gone. And that's all gone within uh, like a month. If this keeps up. The, the, the sad thing is, is that, Winnipeg, especially, is drawing all these teams. And literally, like, I think every team in the East will be better at the end of the season than they are now. Right. Ottawa's I mean, Hamilton can be worse. Ottawa's so. 0-2, but we right. have no idea if they're, if they're, compet- they play competitive games with Winnipeg. They're 0-2. We have no right. idea if they could have been 2-0 versus any other set of opponents right again you know in a month or in a month in a, even in two or three more weeks we're gonna have a better sense of who these teams are but they seem to you know the back-to-backs already make it really hard to say hey they played four games against this level of team that level it's all the same teams they're playing back-to-back mm-hmm. so it's really hard to determine the strength of these teams yet mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be. <laughs> it's like really, the because... only thing we know right now is that Edmonton was not even a real football team in week one, and in week three they are now a capable. They they now at least look like a football team. Other than that, we really have not a whole lot of sense about anybody else because they've played like the same team over and over so far. Well, I. <laughs> I, I, I may be, you know, this may be a bit of uh, confirmation bias, but I wouldn't put any, I'm not buying any Hamilton stock right now either. No, I, I think we, yeah. I think we know that. I don't think they could have beaten anybody in these first three games. Right. Maybe Edmonton. <laughs> they get Edmonton Maybe. this we week. So yeah, we we'll didn't, see. we didn't see that yet. Have we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see that uh, this week. So, okay. But yeah, but let's, yeah, let, let's look at the, let's look at the schedule they've had though. So okay. far. at Saskatchewan. I mean, that's never an easy draw for anybody. Home against Calgary, and they had their chance there, but they blew it. And then at Winnipeg. I mean, at best, you're asking for one and two. Yeah, unless you're the prohibitive favorite to win the East, right? Now, okay. Then this year, hoping, they were not really then, the prohibitive favorite. Then a lot you're of people hoping the for two and one. And right. that run a game. Right. Right. If you're claiming you're competitive enough to win the great cup, you should beat some of these Western teams, right? Especially like a Saskatchewan, which I don't think anybody's sold on yet. You know, maybe not Calgary, who looks pretty freaking good. Maybe not Winnipeg. Okay. But you know, you know, if you're if you're a great cup competitor, you should you got to beat some of the better teams in the West, period. 
Um, Again, I feel like we're going to have a better sense of Hamilton in two or three weeks, though. That was. Oh, yeah, we sure will. It's Hamilton Edmonton this week. That's going to be a a really rough three game stretch for anybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. But um, okay. now you brought up the Elks before. Calgary Stampeders 30, Edmonton Elks 23. All right. I was not particularly blown away by the Elks in this game. Um, just like the other Stamps game, I really didn't think that, you know, the Stamps were going to lose at any point. Um, actually, interesting story about betting this game. <laughs> we did the podcast, and when they first opened the lines, it was like nine. Okay, so it was like uh, Calgary was favored by nine. Then there was some question about whether Bo Levy was going to play so this line dropped all the way to seven and a half uh, on the day before game day. So I was like, okay, I'm in. So take them seven and a half minus seven and a half. Okay. So of course, you know, with like 30 seconds left, Calgary's up by 10. Everybody's winning. Everybody's winning. And then Chris Jones decides to get a field goal almost as though, he had money on it. You know, the conspiracy theorists are really, you know, all over this one. I'm sure that all the money was on Calgary minus the various points. And with that field goal, they killed it. Now, while betting, I just wanted to get this in there too. While betting is all about making you poor, fantasy football is obviously just about making you feel bad. You know, because here I was. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Well, here's what I'm talking about. (laughs) This game again. Right. So I was feeling, you know, respectable about my team. You know, I had Oliveira. He scored me a touchdown. So I was happy about that in the Winnipeg game. Uh, But wouldn't you know it? Who's on the opposition team, Joe, that I'm facing? Friggin' Malik Henry, 173 yards, six catches and a touchdown. That was like almost 29 freaking fantasy points. Thank you very much. You know, I went three out of four on bets this week. I went four out of four on pick them this week. And here comes fantasy football to make me feel like crap. And here I was rooting for him to catch the ball because that means Kamar Jordan wasn't catching the ball and my (laughs) opponent wasn't catching me at that point. Exactly. Exactly. It's just like, oh, because that's another thing about the seven player format. If you're playing head to head against another person, sometimes you have the same players in two or three of those positions. Yeah. So you're rooting for that guy because you like the total points. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, it's like, just don't let that guy, the one he's picked and I have it, kill me. (laughs) Right. It's like, so I'm sitting there watching this game. I'm like, okay. I want Calgary to win. I want lots of turnovers because I have their defensive fantasy and I don't want Malik Henry to score anything. (laughs) Sure enough. So in any case, wow. Nice show by Calgary. Uh, Again, on the fantasy tip, I just wanted to ask you one thing about this team. So they made a big deal about this on the TSN halftime show. At one point, the Stamps had three different players take the snap on three consecutive plays and this is a very big deal uh and not one of them was jake meyer which was really tripping me out uh tommy stevens 
Jalen Philpot, who I guess is the third string quarterback. No, and Bo. that was a direct snap, I think. Oh, sorry. The other way around. Um, and so, okay. So basically, I, I think this is a very clever strategy that the stamps are doing is they're just not letting Bo do those third and ones anymore. You know, he hasn't done I, those for a long time. Right. He ever has. Right. Uh, Winnipeg does the same thing and has for a long time. The right, starter but, doesn't do the doesn't do the plunges. But what's crazy on this is that they didn't have Mayer doing it either. Right. And so, so you, I'm wondering, is it ever worth it? Like if you know that a Calgary is going to run like this, is it ever worth it, in your opinion, in fantasy to take a Meyer at quarterback? Do you mean the backup or do you mean the guy that's taking the third the third right. down yeah. one yeah. snap. The quarterback that's going to take the third and one in a situation like a Calgary, when you know that that team runs that play, is it ever worth it? Because there's it a might lot be. of $9,000, $10,000 players on IR right now, like Standback. Sure. You get, you, a, you, get, you get a bad week of, you know, your $12,000 quarterbacks facing their <laughs> rival on the road. Right. And, like and and then you have a couple of teams that have been playing musical quarterbacks, so you don't know who's going to get the snaps. I could easily see it. I mean, Winnipeg last year had Sean McGuire six touchdowns in two games. He would have probably been the best fantasy quarterback to have taken. Now, yeah. that's a complete gamble. Yeah. But if you have a yeah. good feeling about, say, the running back position, and you want to spend the money on it. If you know that a a team's going to get into scoring range quite often and going to be running short yardage from two three yards out, right? It might be worth it to try it, right? I right. don't think I'd ever sit there on this show and say, "Hey, this week, go ahead and take Tommy Stevens because yeah, I gotta feel it." Score your point. <laughs> but it's at least something to think about if there's right. no good quarterback matchups out there, right? Or you know, there's there's going to be a three game week coming up. It, right, right. Not right. this week. That's what I was the, thinking. But the week after, I think it's five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, five. it's week five. You got six quarterbacks that could play, or six teams playing. So that wipes out three of the teams' quarterbacks already. If you have any questions about about who's starting games or a quarterbacks injured or whatever, I could see it. I could easily see it. Okay. I'm going to keep my eye out for that and see if there's an opportunity where that comes out because, you know, not that I'm playing desperate at 0-3 or anything. I'm still, like, pretty high up in the score. I've still got a respectable score. But right now, my goal is to take out Argos Fancast, who I'm playing this week because I'm behind by three points in the standings to them. <laughs> so I play them this week, so I got to win by that field. Uh, no, you play, oh, you I don't. play uh, Trey over from CFC. Oh, okay. Well, I know I'm down by three. Right. Fan, so you want to catch them just in general. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Even though I'm 0-3, I'm ahead of a bunch of 1-2 and two guys right now. Right. So I've if you catch, if, so if you catch them, you've got a tiebreaker. <laughs> How many teams make the playoffs in this league? Can we make it? I 10? can't even. I can't even remember at this point. Twelve. So. Yeah, I mean, this is Canadian football, so it should be like a majority right. of teams. <laughs> right. <laughs> ten out of seventeen. That seems fair. I'd have to I'm look ten. it up, but um, I would say start winning. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, man! Shut up. When do I get Travis? I want Curl. I can beat him this year. <laughs> All right. So. 
Okay, so you seemed pretty impressed with the Elks. I I just loved pretty much. I, I wouldn't say impressed. It's just they look like a well, they look CFL like a team. team instead of tissue paper. Right, <laughs> right. Like they look like in week one. Right, it but, looked like an expansion team. In week but one. let's be fair. BC made another team look like it. Look like tissue paper. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, we, we can talk about them in just a minute. I just wanted to give the, uh, I guess, the Elks maybe worth a, a watch here going forward, especially next week against Hamilton, if they can't win that game. Um, I, I liked how they diversified the playbook a little bit. Mar- Manny Arsenal, killer game. Where was this in week one when I had you on my fantasy team? Uh, exactly 100 yards on seven receptions and one touchdown. I think that was on seven targets. And uh, Lawler, who last week had way too many targets, uh, had nine targets, but only three catches this week. So we'll see what happens with them going forward. But, geez, all of a sudden now the Elks have uh, every veteran wide receiver in the league. How did that happen? Chris Jones happened. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's going to be the answer for yeah. most of what ha- most of the roster movie you're going to see in Edmonton this year's Chris Jones is looking for that mix. He's got a few veterans in camp that he knows, knows how to, you know, knows how to play the g- game the way he wants it played. Right. This year is the let's it, it's a f- full preseason this year. It's 21 weeks of preseason for Chris Jones lining up for next year. It's let me find the diamonds in the rough that are going to make next year. Uh, we're going to make next year. We're going to be the surprise team that nobody's talking about. And he's got, so you almost uh, see it like got guys like Arsenal in there mm-hmm. to show the young guys. This is how I want things done. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do that, you're having dinner on Delta. <laughs> I was, I was thinking that he just had these guys in there as a shortcut through the playbook. It's like you guys already know these routes, so right. He's going to have to do a lot of teaching with all the with all the changes he's going to be making this year. Right. So it's nice to have people that know what he's doing already. Right. 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 That's what I was figuring. Is that like, yeah, he's just going with the vets because they know what they're doing. Um, You know, just kind of cut through the nonsense a little bit. Okay, let's go through this next one here. BC Lions forty-four, Toronto Argonauts seven. Um, you're being nice. It was only three. (laughs) <laughs> oh, three. Jeez, I can't even read. I can't even read my own notes. Um, wow. What can you say about this game, Joe? Get me started. I don't know how good BC is, but I don't <laughs> think Toronto is any good. Really? See, I, I am confident in saying that BC is really good. I mean, just by the eye test, this team is faster. They play with more enthusiasm. They are exciting. They have some very interesting stuff going on on the offensive line. Some of their blocking is really wild. I, I really should pay attention to who their line coach is because they're really doing some interesting stuff up there. Um, I just, just by the eye test, I really love this team so far. I mean, it's, again, it's early. They've only played the two games, but just from the look of it. Wow. What an interesting thing they have going on in BC. I just want to ask you this because I got to admit, I'm already a little bit burned out on the Nathan Rourke stuff. Okay. When do you think we're going to get to the point where 
We're talking about him as a quarterback rather than as a Canadian quarterback. I mean, what, what would be your guess? Somebody might slip up and talk about him in like week 11 or 12 as just a quarterback, (laughs) but then they'll remember that. they. But let's, but let's be honest. There hasn't been a Canadian quarterback that has started. That has been handed the ball to a team like this for pretty much my entire lifetime. And then taking that ball and run with it as well as he has. Mm -hmm. That hasn't happened in maybe your lifetime. <laughs> I mean, that's look, why look. that's why there's so much excitement about it because it's been the it's the Canadian quarterbacks weren't getting the chance or weren't good enough or what have you throughout the course of history. It's been a long running storyline, and then all of a sudden, Nathan Rourke's the light at the end of the tunnel for this. And that's why we're having this much excitement about it. Okay. And more power to him for it. It's going it, 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 to, so far, so good. I would rather not crown him quite yet. I'd like to see it happen for a month, two months, a season before I'm like, this guy is the next coming of Russ Jackson. Cause I've already seen that comparison and it's been two weeks. That's too soon. And that's a lot of pressure on the young kid. But I'd like to, see, you know, I'd like to see how this all plays out for a full season. See if anybody makes adjustments to him. See how he adjusts to the adjustments they've made to him. From everything I'm seeing, he's a workhorse, and he will make the adjustments along with the other teams. And it's gonna, and there's something good coming. We just don't know quite what it is yet. And throwing the Russ Jackson label on him this early can't be, can't do any, can't do anybody any good. You got to be careful about all this stuff in the CFL, man. As they say in Quebec, you know, je me souviens, Rakim Cato. <laughs> you know, we were all ready to call him the next Doug Flutie, man. It's Jonathan like, Jennings, too. I mean, well, the, okay, yeah. the, and this is just within this is just within the time we've been doing this. Sure. They've had quarterbacks that have come out, had some good, had a good start to the season. And then by the next year, they're right in the bench. So that's why that's that's the only that's the only that's the only hesitation I have right now is like let's not say he's the next superstar until he is the next superstar. Let's I give him a break. Like, <laughs> I feel like we'll know when he's the next superstar when they start comparing him to other quarterbacks historically. No, well, that's the thing. It's just like other quarterbacks besides Canadian quarterbacks, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look, because they've already he, got the Russ Jackson comparison going, but are they going to start talking about? Look, in this game, he's yeah. 39 to 45, 436 yards, four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Dude, I don't care if you're from Mars. Okay. That's a great game for a anybody. Right. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. On any level, really. I mean, okay. Maybe not Arena League, but on any no, level. No, that's a good Arena League football. game, too. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's what I like. Like, OK, for example, here's in the write up. This is like the third line in the write up. It's the 436 passing yards from Rourke set a CFL record and now mark the most passing yards thrown in a single game by a Canadian quarterback. Dude, that's a hell of a game. Yes. You know, BC is here. You know, it's like 
it's like you know again like like again i'm not canadian so you know i can't you know take pride in this or whatever but i can see where this might go and by the end of the season i'm gonna be you know bananas about this you know yeah, if bc's I, I, in the I'm gray thrilled. cup and I, honestly still i'm Sorry, i'm thrilled to see it oh sure it's just just slow down just a little bit right let's let the kid let's let the kid play a little bit let's let the kid make have a bad game let's let yeah. the kid make some mistakes before we and adjust to them and show that he can be the guy you know bounce back from the bad game that he's going to have in right four six eight weeks yeah see and show I, us and show us that resiliency it sounds like it's there everything yeah. i'm seeing everything yeah. i'm reading he's a workhorse he's got yeah. a great attitude all that's seems like it's there but let's just let let's just let him have a chance to show us what he's got instead of hearing it yeah 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 exactly i test everything like that now i know that cfl media is not nearly as uh barracuda-esque as american media but i was thinking about this during the game too it's just like you know what happens when this guy becomes immortal you know for a week or two you know, what happens when, when, when Calgary destroys this guy, you know, for a game? You know, what happens then? You know, all of a sudden now, oh, are they going to bring in an American? You know, I mean, like, like what happens then? So, so yeah, you're right, Joe. Let's slow the roll. Uh, just, just a little bit. And I can yeah. understand where the excitement's coming from, oh. especially with the way it, the starters happen. But let's maybe let's leave Russ Jackson for a year or two before we start <laughs> throwing that name out there. Right. What I'd like to see is this stuff coming out of Vancouver media. That's what I'd like to see. If they want to proclaim him the second coming of whoever, that would be great because, geez, I mean, they just might have something really special happening in BC this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're doing everything they can. The team it seems yeah. like it, they're trying to recapture that market that they haven't had for a while so yep. more power to them on that too and i hope it i hope it works out because that'd be a great thing for the league okay real quick uh another awesome receiver performance this week and you can tell because i didn't have one of my fantasy team dominic rhymes 143 yards on eight catches two touchdowns jesus so what is that that's 34 fantasy points 35 34, That's 35 fantasy points. That's, yeah. Great game by Dominique Rhymes. Now, all right, Toronto. What are we taking away about Toronto? Only their second game. They weren't exactly uh, super flashy in the first game. I saw a lot of stuff on CFL Twitter about Bethel Thompson. Uh, what are you taking away from Toronto after this game? Yeesh. <laughs> hey, I had him in the Great Cup. I had Toronto in the Great Cup this year. <laughs> I don't even know who I have in the Great Cup anymore. I already threw out my predictions because they're so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you didn't go Winnipeg. I think you went Winnipeg, Toronto. Maybe I did. I think Shows when we did I our, yeah, I think when we did our show, we, we all had Toronto. They um, they seemed like early in the game, it seemed like they were just they were moving the ball and then they'd make a catastrophic mistake. But then by about the second quarter, they were just dead. Yeah. They were just done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was really wild how gassed they looked. I I guess just not even gassed, just kind of deflated. I mean, again, this. And and it happened quick. 
Now, yeah. it, it, now fourth quarter and you're down 37 to three. Sure. That's when you look deflated, but second quarter yeah, that was already happening. Yeah. 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 Well, this, this BC team is fast. I mean, they're, 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 they have the potential to run up a lot of points on a lazy defense. Sure. The only thing I'm worried about with BC right now, beyond the fact it's only been two games. Right. Is that they've taken a whole lot of nasty hits already. They've got yeah. people injured. Yeah. Brian Burnham is out for this next game. In fact, we can talk about that right now. Uh, Brian Burnham is out for this next game. I believe he's out for a few weeks after that. Yeah, I want to say he's six-gamed. Yeah, yeah, because he he took a whopper there in the third quarter of this game. The one um, thing Toronto didn't, the one thing Toronto did well in this game was they laid the lumber. The defense wasn't laying, wasn't holding anything back. Yeah, or probably just pissed off. But <laughs> Possibly, I have to. Might have might have been wanting to do it to their own offense to wake them up. <laughs> Yeah, practice will be a lot of fun there on Tuesday, I'm sure. Um, all right. Alan Iverson's so, sitting over there going, yeah, we're talking about practice, aren't we? <laughs> but I tell you, Iverson does not want to go to that practice. No. All right. So, uh, okay. So let's talk next week's games. Now, Joe, you're going to have to help me out with this one because uh, the, uh, the gambler's red alert should really be on for this game. BC Lions at Ottawa. The Lions are just two and a half point favorites. What's going on here? I've got two reasons for that. Okay. Beyond the injuries we're talking about, and okay. I think Butler was hurt at some point. Uh, but Combo was down at one point. I believe they're they're on the track to come back, but I don't know that for sure. But they are definitely a couple of men down going into this one. Mm-hmm. And they played the late game Saturday. So that's a that ended Sunday a.m. Eastern, and they're going to be playing Thursday, six thirty p.m. So it's seven thirty Eastern at that at seven thirty Eastern. So they don't have a whole lot of recovery time. They have less than five days from the from the last whistle to the first whistle of this one. So they've got so they so they're hurt. They've taken they've taken a lot of injuries already and don't have a lot of turnaround time and are going east. I could see why there's a little bit of a slowing of the roll on the on on the line. I just I can't help thinking that they'll win by a field goal or more. You know, that's I, I can't help thinking that they'll win by three. That's totally fair. I mean, Despite that's on the everything. table. Right. You that's know, totally so. on the table. This one, this one's was a hard one for me. It took me two or three days to make mm. this call. Wow. I liked what I saw from Ottawa in a lot of ways. They just weren't finishing. And they were facing a fresh Winnipeg team with a with a story defense at this point in CFL lore. I mean, we're talking the last the last part of 2019 and into 2021. Yeah. One of the best defenses the CFL's ever seen, most likely. And Ottawa came in and moved the ball up and down the field on him. They couldn't finish. That's a big part of it. You got to finish. Yeah. But they were moving the ball, holding the ball, 
making Winnipeg chase them instead of the other way around. I can see Ottawa pulling this one off. Wow. Are you going to take them? I am. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with BC. Uh, probably, actually, the smart and the exciting bit would probably be on the over. Uh, the over on this game is 48. And the thing is, Ottawa is missing Abdul Kaneh. The Lions are missing Bolo Combo. So both secondaries are playing at least one starter down. So I would, I think Ottawa is going to score some touchdowns this game, which would be different. But I'm expecting a high scoring game and I, BC is going to win by at least three, I think. Oh, by the way, the line is already down to two. The two and a half was from this morning here on Wednesday, the 25th. And it's already down to two minus two for BC Lions in this game. Okay. So <clears throat> game two. Okay. Here's the real poser. Elks plus seven, seven point underdogs at Hamilton, which is outrageous. No team should be seven point underdogs to Hamilton at this point. But who do you like? I'd have to agree with that statement. But I also think Hamilton's got enough in the tank yet to beat Edmonton. Edmonton's on that uh, on that list for me that they've got to show me they can win before I'm going to pick them to win. Now, they went a long way toward that last week. They played Calgary tough. But I need to see them win a game before I'm even going to consider picking them. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. I feel like um, this is one for my favorite bet. I think Hamilton to win, Edmonton to cover that seven, I think is. And I think you'd be fine because I think this is like a 16 to 12 game or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hamilton just doesn't. So I think they have one offensive touchdown all year still. So this is not a point a minute team here. So I easily, easily could cover a touchdown. I mean, just by field goals. Uh, right. Okay. There's another one. Boy, the lines are interesting this week. Same as last week. Montreal Alouettes. Four and a half point underdogs at Saskatchewan. I'm kind of pumped. I've got one away team. I've got one home team already. Oh, boy. Gee. Gee, what are you going to take this game? <laughs> I went I'm, against you last week. What are you going to take this? And, game? I, and I'm going to take the same team I took last week. I'm going to take the Riders. You're going to take the Riders again. because if they want to, if they want to compete in the West at all, they're going to have to keep up with Calgary and Winnipeg. And losing back to back to Montreal isn't a way to do that. They're going to have they're going to have the rest. They're going to be they're not going to be playing on short rest. They're not going to be traveling out east. So if they're a team that wants to compete, they're going to have, this is the game. This is the type of game they have to win. Do you have any of those mojos about Montreal playing in mosaic in new mosaic? Do you have any of those? No. Like they won the first game by an Eastern team in mosaic or something like that. No, <laughs> no. Counting on you for the irrational reason to bet. No, Montreal no. Uh... <laughs> I mean, they, they clearly matched up well with them last week. If you want an irrational reason to bet it, go ahead. I mean, it looked good last week. Let's do it again. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll say for the sake of fun, uh, 
Wow, this is great. This year we've been we've been uh, arguing quite Yay. a bit on these things um, this year. I'm gonna go with the Alouettes. Call, sure. call us on I Labor Day. Really like we're them. gonna be Plus, like exactly on cue for the rest of the season. <laughs> well, we just chalk it yeah. the rest of the way. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Alouettes here to win. I think definitely plus the four and a half. I, I I think this one might go down to the wire too. I think this one might be a real close one score game as well. Um, and in this one, here's the Bombers. Uh, five point favorites at Toronto. I don't know. The Bombers haven't blown anybody out. The defense has been awesome. I'm expecting them to lose pretty soon here, but I don't think it's going to be against Toronto after last no. week. I think Toronto is going to be focused more. I'll tell you when. They, I'll tell you when so they I'm lose, take though. The Bombers. You want to know when the Bombers uh, lose when? the first game? Next Vangible? week. Next, next week. week. Who do they get so, next week? They go from Monday night in Toronto right. to Saturday night in BC. This is a Monday, Monday night, night game. game. Fourth of July. Wow. I'm going to do my patriotic duty and watch football. <laughs> That's the only holiday we have in America where you don't traditionally watch football. You watch baseball, but Joe's going to watch football. <laughs> it was always hilarious when I taught this in uh, English classes in Hungary. It's like, so what do you do for American Thanksgiving? Uh, we sit around, eat a lot, watch football. What do you do for Christmas? Uh, sit around, eat a lot, watch football. New Year's? Uh, sit around, watch football. <laughs> Get over and a drink hangover. a lot. <laughs> you know? And then there's Super Bowl Sunday, which is another holiday <laughs> where we sit around and eat and watch football. <laughs> so uh, July 4th was, up until this point, the only holiday where we don't sit around and watch football. Joe's going to do that. You demand, Joe. What time is this on? Will you still be able to catch some fireworks? The fireworks afterwards? the night before because it's Monday night going into Tuesday. Everybody's working Tuesday. So the fireworks are going to go on Saturday and Sunday night. So. Uh. I mean, if I yeah. miss a little bit yeah, of right. Montreal, Saskatchewan, well, that's just what happens. Yeah. Sunday night, I'm not going to oh. miss any games. I'm taking them out Sunday night, I'm sure. <laughs> here, here, it's insane. Here in California, it's insane because there's this state law that it's legal to sell fireworks, right? But only like one week a year. And so, of course, it's this week before the fourth. So all these guys, they set up their temporary booths you know, in these in these grocery store parking lots and mall parking lots and whatever. They set them up and then they wait to open. And then as soon as they open for the rest of the week, people are firing these things off 24 hours a day. It's amazing. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. But at night, it's weird because it's like the friggin bicentennial war when you go outside, man. It's like it sounds like shotguns all over. the. It might be. It might be. Uh, but OK. All right, so we're conflicting on a few of these. You've got, got the, the bombers, bombers in this game. one because I, I don't see Toronto. Toronto doesn't have their crap together yet. Because if they had their crap together, maybe fun. they still lose to BC and maybe they give up a lot of points, but they don't score three freaking points. Yeah. Yeah. They score a touchdown <laughs> or, you know, um, a couple okay, and give up a couple less and make it a, at least a semblance of a game. Oh, you don't have much hope for the uh, for the nope. East, huh? Not not until not until <laughs> we show me something. Well, actually, hey, I did pick Ottawa BC, 
So I got hope there. I yeah. did pick yeah. Hamilton okay. over Edmonton. Yeah, but that's yeah. an easy one. Two, two out of four. <laughs> All right. <is> bad. <laughs> All right. So um, we're going to sign it off for the Rouge, White, and Blue. You got any got any fantasy tips there? Three and oh, Joe. I'm I'm actually Can struggling this out? week as to who to plug in where because I like to go. I like to go cheap on my running backs and cheap on my defense. I think the if I had to say anything, it's like I'm not going to throw an extra thousand dollars at a defense when I don't have to. And well, Hamilton's facing Edmonton and Hamilton's cheap, and Hamilton hasn't turned gotten a lot of turnovers yet, so they probably do. Edmonton might not be a bad play. Either. It might not be a bad play either. Right. And nobody's taking Edmonton's defense. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. They got a few turnovers there. You could win. Hey, let's sign it off for the Rouge, White, and Blue CFL podcast for my co host, Joe Pritchard. I am Oz Davis. And we thank you for listening. Talk to you next week and enjoy the games. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.